What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Dogs Basketball Podcast here on this Monday. It is Arch Madness Week. We are here to sneak peek what the bracket looks like. Uh, we'll give even our uh, end of season, last second end of season award picks. Uh, we will recap the game that was the other day. Another backbreaking loss to the Bulldogs, but luckily we'll get them again on Friday night. We will discuss how that game played out, literally the exact, almost same as it was before. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. Noah, again, we, we talked about it, obviously, over the course of this game and how the ending was. Could have drew something else up. It's like they still don't know how much time's left. We know the first time it was like 20-something. This time it was nine. They didn't really come prepared, barely got a shot off to tie this time or, or obviously win. Unfortunate. What's going on? Yeah, it's uh, it ended the winning streak. It, we went back to uh, it was a great start, but it went back to spotting one of the top tier teams' points. And uh, you're not going to win very many games spotting teams, especially 17 points against the Drake Bulldogs. I mean, um, another, I mean, our efforts there again, another resilient effort to come back, call our way back. But uh, um, I, I, I immediately we talked at halftime. I said it's going to be one of those we crawl back and fall too short and that's exactly what happened yeah it's it's so unfortunate because yeah you you when you have the great starts and then you're it's, it's kind of just a replica exact replica of games we've had this season and it's one of those again people were talking how this game really didn't matter in terms of you know well drake it did obviously they ended up pushing up to that three for us to get a rematch for us it didn't matter but we still want to win you're right we were on the winning streak we wanted to get the five we were confident going in, even for their senior day. Um, and knowing that we get them again is nice because we lost to them by a combined three points in the two meetings this year. So safe to say some evenly matched teams in terms of obviously just how it ended up. We think they're obviously a better team, but they, they have a big injury. We'll get into that and through the game, see if uh, he will play in this one. There's some other things we want to talk about, some things we missed out on discussing on the previous pod due to the connection issue. So, and we know what the bracket looks like. We'll jump into that after this, Noah. Let's jump into this game. The first half, like we just said, is kind of a, a wish-wash of great, bad. Like, first half of it's great, second half terrible. Uh, it was whenever we scored right away, kept going. DJ Wilkins, the aforementioned, he got hurt in this game, didn't play really in the second half at all. Um, and that obviously impacted this one because he was hot right away. We know his shooting would play no factor. He had their first six points, two threes, but it seems like we were matching them blow for blow as this went on. No, Marcus Dalton, uh, a lot of people were getting going. Tramel Murphy had himself a game as we expected. I remember saying that Sturts and Murphy were going to have themselves games because they're kind of like mismatch nightmares because they do different things outside of like what Tucker DeVries does. And he didn't have the best start. Uh, and Lance didn't have the best start either in this one, Noah, but back and forth, pretty much back and forth until no team was scoring for about three minutes there. Exactly. When it was, when cash hit a three, he had another nice game. We'll get to cash as well. 11 to 13 lead, uh, that Drake had over us the 15, 17 more. Noah blow for blow. We were, we were going with him. Everything was working out at this point to kick off. Yeah. It's, uh, one of those rare games that we haven't seen a lot. Um, our offense um, showed up, but our defense did not. Um, 
they were getting good looks, especially like you said, DJ Wilkins got going. Um, as we know, uh, we did we did match them. We did go small in the starting lineup, I should say. Uh, Steven yeah. started for JD um, here, um, and that opened things up for us, obviously. And uh, yeah, like you said, it got stagnant there when uh, JD came in uh, going big when they brought in Brody. Obviously, we had to match their size with JD or try to at least. And uh, things just got stagnant for both teams and not a lot of ball reversal and uh, went scoreless for a little bit. Yeah, there are turnovers in between. You're right. As soon as we went big, it kind of that's when it kind of hit us. We hit a wall kind of. And it's interesting because we've talked how, you know, Murphy had been starting for at center for them. We and we didn't know till the start of the game, obviously, we were going to have a lineup change, even though we would probably would have been 100% for having a change. We, If anything, we would say Troy, but Troy would have been a key bench piece. And even he got in here and made a difference, Noah. So this, whenever we get to the preview of Drake on the next pod here in the coming days, I um, will preview the whole tournament. But uh, I'm not sure if we should have Troy start. I think we should probably still go with Steven, like how it was to start and have those other guys, have JD match Brody and Kyler and then vice versa. Because, uh, like we said before, we were preparing for Missouri State, honestly, and then, and then things happened that we'll get to those other games that managed to have this third meeting. But this is how we should definitely go. Troy and Steven or whichever or to get a better matchup against these guys. Uh, but, yeah, after we – it was – and then they went on a run here. But Murphy, Tucker, and Garrett – Garrett, of course, was his, was his offensive rebounding machine just – has way more effort than anybody else on the court. They had a 10-point lead, next thing you know, 12 points, and then it got away from us 14-12, back to 14 to end the half after Sturts had a layup. Uh, pretty much went – not it didn't go coast-to-coast. Coast. We ended up scoring up to get a rebound. So, yeah, it was a lot of – it was a great start, awful ending. That's really much all we can say. You know, it's, it's we, we were talking at halftime saying, are we going to get blown out here? It kind of had that vibe to it, but you're right. It was like a – wouldn't be surprised if we came back to cut it short, and that's exactly what we did, Noah. But jumping to how the second half went and kind of how our comeback went down. Yeah, it's uh, it was one of those things where, uh, like you said, Garrett starts had a – good first half i mean you can't you can't leave the guy you got to box him out at all times and we're at times during the game we were losing them i just can't see um on the scouting report where you have to stick with him all times but yeah the second half um started out with uh, a steal by steven um cash got us on the board with two free throws started to trim trim away right away but they extended it up to 17 with a layup by tank Hemphill and a three by Tremel Murphy right then and there is at 17, 39, 22. Um, then our little run, we kind of started a little run to get back in the game. Um, started with a, a free throw by uh, one for two for, on the line for Marcus um, to cut it. Then Lance uh, struggled in the first half, but he hit this one um, to cut it back to 13. Um, then Steven got going in the second half. He was hitting, um, I think, one of these from top of the key was the deepest three I've ever seen. He he He's hit besides the um, one in the Paradise Jam at the end of the shot clock. He had to heave one up from half court. Um, but right then and there, Steven with the big three. We had some timely threes in this game to trim the lead. Um, we got it to 10 with 15.30 to go by a, a jumper by Marcus. Um, then we got the 
the media timeout, the under 16. And right then there, we're at, we're at 10, and uh, we kept battling from there. Yeah, Marcus finally <clears throat> stepped up at this point, having a couple jumpers, kind of his own run. Yeah, Steven, confidence was there. You're right, he was shooting deeper. He was shooting just confidently. You can tell just watching on TV. Uh, but they did have it at a 17 point lead at that one point. Yeah. When Murphy hit it, when Murphy Murphy's an okay shooter, but you know, you almost, you don't want to let him obviously, but you'll live with it to an extent. He's a big post guy, but when he's making it, you're like, okay, this is worst case. What's going on? 17. Yeah. Cash continues to be great from the line. But yeah, Marcus. And then even, uh, Ekinwole, we mentioned him kind of the impact, especially he had to make when Wilkins went down, uh, he hit a three to make up for Wilkins miss or inability to shoot threes because not being out there, but Marcus. Yeah. Jumpers, Steven threes, Marcus hit a three. We're down by five. This was a huge, like huge run we're on because we were taking advantage of Tucker missing threes. Tank was missing some bunnies and some other stuff. Uh, and then cash hit a fast break three, cut it the two. They called a timeout. Uh, you know, everyone's hype. I'm sure everyone's hype watching the thing that we managed to have this comeback. And there's so much time left. There's one thing coming back when there's a little bit of time left and you got it like in crunch time, but knowing that you got to sustain playing this way, knowing there's 12 minutes left in the game. But, uh, but Tank made a couple free throws, four point game. Marcus layup, Roman Penn, who had some clutch shots. This was a clutch shot for sure. He made a couple. We'll get to some more. Uh, some of them were just open, but the fact that he's able to make them. And, uh, they put him in their one of their best players' hands. But him and Marcus went back-to-back. Uh, -back. Tucker had a jumper, uh, six-point lead. Uh, and then J.D. fouled Tucker. He made uh, – or he finished the M one, sorry, there. And then Cash made two free throws. Roman Penn, a huge three, eight-point lead at the 648. Lance matched him, five-point lead. Uh, Cash hit a jumper. and we'll, Cash is getting ever so close to 1,000. Down by three at 539. And then Noah Tank had a layup, five-point lead. Marcus had a layup here. Back and forth, Marcus had his own 4-0 run here. One-point lead, Noah. Imagine, what, what were you thinking at this point? 242, down by one. Uh, just one stop, and it's, the game can be honestly in our hands. They took a timeout at this point, and then what happened? Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things where we got back in the game. Here we are at the end of the games. Um, we use so much – energy and effort to climb our way back in here and uh it's one of those things can we claw our way to a win and we haven't shown that when we give team point or spot teams points um we haven't showed that effort to finish off um yet against a top tier team and uh yeah from that mark um roman pig like you said he was big down the stretch here in the late goings um he hit a jumper to make it three um, then Sturts gets a got a layup. We lost him. I think this was when Troy lost him on a back door. Uh, made it five at 125, and we're like, oh boy, here we go. Do we have anything left? Um, then Lance, um, this is where he hit a three. Um, Brian took a timeout. Lance hit a three. We're like, oh crap, is that going to cost us? But right out of the timeout, Lance hits a Tough fall away three in the corner out of the time. Corner, out. yeah. Crazy, crazy shot, difficult shot, fading away in the corner like that. Um, but he hit it. It was a big three. Um, and after that, Roman Penn, like he said, um, he got the switch. He got the switch on to uh, Steven. 
And uh, I, I was screaming, make him drive. I mean, you don't let a jump shooter get to his spot, uh, cross you over and then hit a pull up. Um, you got to make him drive, force him to drive there. Um, that made it back to four. Um, then Lance on the other end after a timeout, um, got a uh, draw to foul on Tucker DeVries here uh, with 12 seconds left. Um, he hits both free throws, which um, we didn't. I was I was nervous him going very line. clutch. Yeah, very clutch. I was nervous him going line. Um, I know he's hitting shots um, down the stretch here in the second half, um, but he's he hasn't showed he's been clutch on the line so far this year. Um, but that cuts it back to two. Um, then we go down and we foul Roman Penn, which I thought he would knock him down, ice in his veins, the, the seal the win. But he misses the front end of a one and one. Marcus takes a timeout or gets the rebound, takes a timeout, 30 second timeout, nine seconds left. Yeah. And even going back to that timeout that Brian took, it was crazy. It was like, yeah, we were kind of just funneling around. I don't remember what the shot clock was. And he, of course, slopped in the three Lance did. So it looked bad at the time and it worked out, even though, yeah, Lance hit a crazy corner three. It made up for it, but it would have been, you know, in hindsight or in that moment, it'd be like, oh, what the heck happened? You know, why would you do that kind of thing? But, but his ability to slop in threes, like the one he made there and then the one he made after, it's like, well, he can do that. It's like every time Lance has the ball, you almost never want to do anything. We know Brian's been spotty in terms of like certain situations with his timeouts. And usually we've been relatively good after the fact. There's something drawn up like this kind of was and then things in the past. We've usually scored, I think, after those, like the Bradley two timeouts and 11 nothing that worked out with that run. But yeah, after that, and you're right, Penn missing the free throw, huge. And then Lance making his, these were enormous, enormous moments. You know, we, we've been in these kind of huge moments this season and seeing if we can, you know, flip the script and succeed. Nine seconds. So we're thinking, okay, got lucky there. And it it's not like the first game where it was one. We're like, okay, we can go down and just make a layup, hit a mid-range. And even though you could tie it here, the win there, one point's different. You can obviously win it with anything or unless you go to the free throw line. This one's different because you know you had to at least tie. And it's what we've been seeing all year. And I think it was – I mean, Lance, as soon as he got it, he was kind of jogging up the floor. He wasn't sprinting like – I mean, I'm not saying he had to sprint. I mean, to an extent he did. I mean, I just noticed watching. I'm like, he needs to get up here a little quicker because we all know what's going to happen. They And they gave it to Marcus. But he gets even Marcus going around the screens to get to the one side where he's alone with Murphy on him, who he played or Murphy struggle guarding him. And Marcus was using his strength and playing really well all game. And the paint. And then the one time where it seemed like he got to his spot a little too late because as soon as he got it, he almost had to throw it up and then he airballed it. And then it's it's just the same thing again. Drake has good defense. We know this, but you can't bail them out when you have enough time to get shots off the 20 something seconds. The first game was unacceptable. And this one was as well. And, and the play call is not bad. It's just getting to your spot and giving Marcus at least two or three seconds when he gets the ball to make something happen. But no, obviously with nine seconds compared to 20 seconds, this should have been because you, and you said at the time that Lance was kind of the hot hand that we should have gave it to him and let him go downhill it's risky always putting the ball in his hands, but letting downhill maybe get fouled, which, of course, we say, what if some of some parts of our season comes down to him making free throws? But we would have took our chance with it, and he would have also made something happen. You, you think that's probably what we should have done? Yeah, I think that's absolutely what we should have done. I mean, 
I don't even think they're drawing up plays in these timeouts. They're just setting up Marcus to post up. I mean, um, I know I think uh, March to the Arch guys were talking, uh, the SIU fan on there said um, there was no way um, that SIU was going to burn one of their end-of-game plays to, just to get a win here because it mean, meant nothing to us. Um, but I think I think what they probably should have done is they could have used um, Lance coming up the floor, setting a pick with Marcus, um, have a pick-and-pop scenario or Lance gets downhill or you have shooters in both corners and Cash in one corner, Steven in the other. He has a kick opportunity. For me, like you said, there wasn't a lot. There was momentum on the line. Obviously, we could extend our win streak going into next week. But I would have liked – on the road there, I would have went for the win. Um, I think we should have probably went for the win there on the road like that. Like you said, for us, seating-wise, there was nothing on the line, but the momentum was there. Uh, I think Lance should have been going downhill to get to the bucket, uh, sends to overtime, or kick out for a three for the win. Um, I just think everybody – I mean – Murphy's going to be up for all defensive team. Um, he, he, I mean, his length on Marcus, we've seen it in Marcus's career. He struggles against length like that. Everybody knew um, no matter how much time Marcus had, uh, what, what he was going to try to do. And it's, it's, it's too, I mean, Marcus, he has to, obviously, like you said, Lance did not, I mean, he didn't have enough time with nine seconds left. Um, to make another move, but everybody knew what move he was going to, and uh, it did not work out. That's twice now against Drake. Um, like I said, I would have liked to seen us um, find Lance going downhill, maybe kick it to a shooter. He, he at least gets fouled on a drive or ties it because uh, we've we've seen a lot of times circus shots by Lance, and he could have an and one, and maybe he makes a free throw, and we win it that way. But um, at least he would have – going downhill, I think we'd have a better – opportunity there yeah like I said I think it's knowing what play to do and you're right I listened to that earlier all those guys talking about you don't want to use something in that kind of moment uh you know whether you want to use it in the games that matter in the tournament but you know we've been doing kind of the same thing all year so it's like well if we have something planned then obviously we're going to use it in the tournament but it just 20 something seconds is perfect doing that play and I agree I mean Lance could have and we picture, you know, him dribbling up really fast, crossing over, staying in the middle of the court and kind of having the guy who's guarding him circle around, turn his back, not knowing what he's going to do, and then just penetrate and do it. You're right. And we had nothing to lose. I do think that we should have uh, – go for the win, yeah, and, and at least get a shot off. You know, obviously these last two games barely have gotten a shot off and at least getting a set shot. And if it didn't go in, it didn't go in. Just having time enough to shoot a decent shot would have been what we would have wanted regardless. And tweeted at the end that was seems kind of an, it seemed kind of inevitable because it would have been a huge moment a buzzer beater or at least forcing our first overtime game of the year the last game of the regular season like, it would have been enormous and uh just the fact that you kind of had a feeling it had the first game vibes and if we were going to do because if we would because then it kind of facing them again it makes us think well i think because i've said in the past obviously we've played relatively close first round or first game whether it's thursday or friday game so it's like I think it's going to happen we're going to play a close game we would like to think and if we get put in this moment again you would think well hopefully that'd be the moment where they have something drawn up and ready to go that's better and 
it makes you worry kind of that we've been stuck in this realm of not being able to finish. You know, Marcus's Evansville shot was a long time ago. A lot has happened since then. We need to have grown in those situations. And Marcus, we, we heard Marcus on In the Dog Pound or In the Dog House say that he's been practicing those shots all thing or all off season and whatever to get put in these situations. And it's like, well, you know, the first time he had to pass it out this time, he would have had more time if they would all just know what the clock was. And that was the issue the first time. So it's so unfortunate that that's because then your momentum just stops. And yeah, you go into the tournament, you were riding a win streak, but then, you know, you had this game one to an extent, you force your way back and you're not able to finish that can kind of, you know, hurt teams maybe going into a tournament like that, but hopefully not. And it, it proves that we can obviously beat them on a neutral court. And we'll get to what we just knew about. You just told me about the seating arrangements that how the crowds will play into a factor, which is unbelievable. But uh, diving into this box score, Marcus did have a good game. I mean, he, had, he rebounded. He's, he had two steals. I mean, him, Lance and Steven had two steals apiece. Didn't lead the team in minutes. That was cash. Marcus had 36, but he played relatively well, 21 points. Uh, Lance, we know how bad it was him, Cash, and uh, I think Steven, it said, that had like a combined who knows in the first matchup. So all three of them had to come up big, and they did with a combined 35 points. But Lance didn't shoot well again in this one, made his two free throws, five assists. Uh, I wonder if that's a season high for Lance, you no, know, a five assists. But two steals, he keeps it. He ends up leading the conference and steals to 1.9. Uh, 35 minutes for Lance. What stuck out to you or who should have done more in this one to maybe help? But we had to go to our big guns in that comeback. Yeah, it's 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 those three had to carry us again, obviously. Um, Lance struggled in the first half, got going a little bit in the second half. Um, yeah, we were eight of nine from the line. Um, only got there once. Only the teams combined for three free throw attempts in the first half. They were 0 for 2. We were 1 for 1. Um yeah, I mean, our bench points was two points. I mean, um, we've seen a lot lately during this winning streak. That's up in the high teens and even in the 20s. Um, so that's probably um, obviously um, who gives you those points is guys like Kyler. Um, he played three minutes, 0 for 2. Um, he let up a couple of offensive rebounds, I think, when he was in there in those three minutes. And Yeah, uh, bad one. Then, uh, yeah, I mean – Bringing starting Steven, that takes that takes eight points away from your bench points, but um, we have to match up small like that. Uh, Troy only scored two in this one. Uh, Trent didn't even again didn't even attempt a shot in this one. Um, so uh, if he's not getting looks, um, nine minutes. I know we I know what we we know what he brings defensively, but um, if he's not getting looks on the offensive end, it's kind of hard to um, see him out here. But yeah, I mean we shot. We shot decent. I mean, eight of twenty from three for forty percent. Um, I mean, just in the end, both teams fourteen turnovers, and just in the end, uh, just you can't spot teams seventeen points. Even though we had a chance to tie at the end, or even go for the win if we wanted, or chances down the stretch there to take the lead, but yeah, sixty-two percent from the field in the second half. Um, we shot well in the second half. That's what has got back in it. Um, so hopefully we saw on this winning streak shooting well, and we saw what in the second half. Hopefully that can carry over for next week or this week, I should say now. 
Yeah, I think someone said it. We shot like eight of nine or really, really, yeah, from three in the second half. That is what built our way back into this one. But we know Dalton kept starting and he only played 16 minutes and they kind of just didn't play him at the, at the end there. Uh, he's been struggling offensively, one of four shooting. He shot three threes. We know the Indiana State game, they're letting him shoot and he was making them. I think he got the shots in Illinois State but didn't make them. But yeah, it's getting to the point where our production is shrinking into our only four, at least four guys ish. And we know how spotty Stevens can be. And if, you know, JD and Kyler are going to be non factors. And if this is the same matchup, which we are getting, it's going to be that way. And if we were to play Missouri State, it would have been all hands on deck against Prim. But because of the matchups, and granted, Brody, when Brody comes in the game, that's when these guys can do that. But offensively, we, we need more efficiency from Lance, obviously. And even Troy, <clears throat> Troy had a great stretch in this game. Even the commentators were talking about on CBS Sports Network how the effort he was putting out, he was, he was tipping back, he was tipping out offensive rebounds, saving possessions, scoring the one time he was able to. And thir- he had qu- 13 quality minutes, had a steal in there as well. So th- that's pivotal. If he can be that, and yeah, we need more from Trent. Uh, and depending upon if Wilkins plays, Trent to come in and be a, you know, lockdown defender and shoot when he's open. He, his confidence was through the roof, Illinois State, and things can change in this game. Even working our way back, if he would, he only played nine minutes, but if when he was in to shoot maybe to help the cause. But, um, yeah, if Stevens, you're right, taking the eight points in the starting lineup off the bench, then, it, like I said, it's just shrinking into only a couple guys scoring, and that'll fatigue a lot of these guys. We had 36, 34, 38, 35 minutes. Like I said, Dalton starting only putting up 16 is unfortunate. So we just need more contributions, obviously, in this next game. Uh, but obviously, however the game plays out, you play the guys that are giving you the best chance. And if that's the four or five guys that play the most, then so be it, because it helped us out in the end of that one. But, uh, yeah, we did not shoot well in the, in the first half from three, Didn't ended up eight of, eight of 20 and eight of nine from the free throw line. I've been saying I, I don't. I wonder what our last. I could have done the math before this in our last however many games. How good our free throw shooting has been uh, in that four game winning streak in, in this game. But uh, yeah, I think then we turned them over a lot at the start of the game. Also, like even in that stretch where there were no points, they weren't really doing anything before they went on that huge run. They only ended up with thirteen. I feel like they had more than half at halftime, so they didn't really turn it over. They were just missing their shots, and we were making our shots. That's kind of how this went. So, know anything else stick out or your final thoughts? Yeah, it's just uh, one of those games, like we said again, can't spot a, a good team 17 points. Um, even though we showed, once again, our character and resiliency to come back and uh, make it a tight one, but yeah, it's uh, it's got to be different on Friday if we want to if we want to come out on top on Friday night at 8.30, um, it's going to be um, every game on Friday, even on Thursday. They're going The Valley, it's, it's a dogfight for everybody. Um, we got to, yeah, like you said, our, our, a lot of the times, I mean, when the start of the game and we were on our – we came on our – made our run in the second half, our defense was creating our offense. We were playing with a little bit of tempo, um, not too up pace, but – it's that's what that's what gets us going. I mean, that's when Lance is at his best and guys are at his best. We find our shooters open, Steven and Cash for threes. I mean, just playing with a little tempo and made the adjustments to come back in the second half. Like uh, I know remember talking about um, 
talking to you at halftime. If we didn't make any adjustments at halftime, um, they would blow us out. And we made those adjustments exactly what we talked about. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, obviously it's a tough loss. Obviously, um, seating-wise for us, it didn't mean anything. But, yeah, we would love to have that one back. I mean, there's some opportunities there um, in the end. But, yeah, just another tough loss. But good thing it really didn't mean nothing. We get another, another opportunity um, to beat this team Friday. Yeah, and we and the whole thing is it's tough to beat a and we think we're a good team over the course of the season. We're a good team, obviously. I'm not going to say we're a bad. We can everybody can agree we're a good team. It's just getting over the hump to be a great team, the one you want to be. It's tough to beat a good team twice, and that's what they'll have to do. Uh, and I think it's the fact that you have to. Your momentum is kind of stuck, but then the fact that you do get this team again, that you you need to make sure you don't get in that situation in this tournament, which, I, like I said, we've been relatively close in these games in the tournament. The first game we play, you don't think it would get out of hand. I think we'll be able to stay poised in that game. But, you know, those little things, they up 17, it could have gotten out of hand big time. And Wilkins, if he didn't get hurt, it could have. So it's one of those, if he doesn't play, it's big. Uh, but knowing you just played this team and it works for Drake too, just playing us that the adjustments should be from the get go in that game. So looking forward to it. I'm actually glad so we can get our revenge right away. Revenge. And the reason why they're threes reason we'll get to and how the other games played out. So yes, finish the regular season, 16 and 14, nine and nine in conference, a far cry from what we thought this could have been, but we knew, you know, this easy stretch of games for the most part, kind of, was going to ease its way out and we were going to get back to this position. We had a film we could go on that four-game winning streak, and that's what we did. So a nice ending to the season. It's all about – and even playing close in this one, I guess, the I said the momentum could stop, but it could be in your favor, and that's what they'll build on going into this game. A uh, couple of things, you know, after this game, I was going to get some quotes, but before that, a couple of things. Uh, we know Brian will be in the, in the doghouse tonight. People want to listen. He'll preview Arch Madness and stuff. Noah Cash was the newcomer of the week, which is great to see. Averaged 18 points and six rebounds over the final week. Those last two games, shot 10 of 18 from the field and five of 10 from deep. No, I think this is, I mean, this, this might be his first newcomer of the week, maybe from a, even before conference. I don't think he got it. I think Marcus maybe got a player of the week or Lance when he dropped 31. Uh, we haven't won many of these awards this year, have we? No, we have not. I mean, it's uh, it's been a lot of – for the newcomer, it's been a lot of either Tucker DeVries or uh, – Terry. Yeah, Terry. Mikey Howe won it a couple times. Um, I think Cam Henry probably. Um, but, yeah, we haven't seen a lot of those awards. Um, I want to – I mean, then with the player of the week, obviously – what the top three guys in the league are doing. Obviously, that came down the Larry Bird uh, trophy and Mosley Green and Lucas Williamson and Terry, I think, won Player of the Week a couple times. So, um, yeah, we haven't seen a lot of that. Um, that it shows it shows you that uh, if we kind of could have finished off a couple of those close games against the top teams, we could have maybe had a Player of the Week or two, but um, we did not see – a lot of that this year. No, but Cash getting that is good for his sake, just knowing that he's hot at the right time that we need him to. So after all of this, we remember when he was 51 points away, I was like, eh, he would have to score a lot to obviously get that. He's only 15 away now. So regular season's over, going into the tournament, 
we're hoping he can drop 15. That's what he's been doing, man. That'd be huge. If we can get a dub, if not, you know, obviously for his sake, getting a thousand points, but he wouldn't care about it if we didn't do it in a win. So, but he's 15 away from that 1000, uh, which would be great to see. He's had a really good scoring season for us. A couple quotes here. Brian mentioned our, you know, how we were able to fight in this game after being down. He said their character, their resiliency, these guys are a bunch of winners. We came up a possession short, a shot short tonight, but I'm incredibly proud of the way we played in the second half. Um, he said that Marcus had a good look. It didn't fall this time, but it'll fall next time, we hope. It's probably what he said the first time as well, but we know he didn't shot shoot that. He passed it out. He said, Drake is an NCAA tournament team. We had two one-possession games with them. We have to win these games. That's the standard here. That's what we expect to do. We're going to St. Louis, and we expect to play three games and win three games. We all believe we can go to St. Louis and beat whoever we play. So we'll leave it at that. We know we get them on Friday night. That'll be fun, Noah. Before we jump around the valley and how things turn out to the to the bracket, and we'll just discuss the bracket and the matchups, but we'll even give our picks and even so on and so forth in a couple of days, and we'll give our uh, very final award picks as well. A couple of things. If people were listening, then before I got cut off in our connection, we were talking about just a, you know decent topics about coaches getting looked at from or you know potential. There was an article, right? ESPN article about some of these mid-major coaches maybe getting the chance at the next level. Refresh that again, then I'll bounce off it. Yeah, uh, uh, Wyatt. I think I seen it with Wyatt Wheeler of Missouri State put it out that ESPN had an article of coaches that could be on the move this off season. Um, obviously Dana Ford was on there. Um, DeVries was on there. Uh, even incoming, incoming Valley for next year. Uh, Matt McPan at Murray state was on there and Belmont's coach was on there. Uh, yeah, it's interesting to see, um, with DeVries' son at Drake. I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's interesting to see Dana Ford's an interesting name. We know what he has done on the re recruiting cycle, um, keeping a lot of talent home in the state of Missouri. Um, uh, I think maybe if Mizzou, who will probably be moving on from Conzo Martin, um, can't get their guy, they could see what, uh, what Dana's done down the road in Springfield and maybe that could tempt the waters for him leaving Missouri state. But yeah, I'll, other than that, I don't think I see anybody else leaving in the Valley. But, yeah, that's just – that was the article uh, from ESPN. It's all interesting because I think Matt McMahon, the season he's having this year, it depends how he does in the tournament. And, obviously, he's not making any decisions yet. He's been there a while. He had a superstar in the NBA now, John Morant, that season. They've kind of flustered a couple of seasons. But now they're back. It depends how they finish, like I said. But if I'm him – if I'm getting looked at by bigger, by bigger colleges, I'm taking it. And I know it's not like in comparison to what you said with DeVries, you know, Tucker is there. He wants to groom him for four years, but we've been talking recently about these Iowa players and coaches. We talked about why Sturge was a walk on dropping 30 something in high school, whether he was getting looked at or not from other places. He wasn't, he wasn't getting offered. It's like, how is that depending upon the talent that he played, but it's like he stays in his state even as a walk-on to become the player he is. And we all the Iowa players of the year stay in state, which that's how it should be anyway. But even think about DeVries or everybody, these guys are so entrenched in the state of Iowa, like Ben Jacobson. It's insane if people don't think that he's been offered over his tenure to go bigger. 
but he obviously he's from there. He's built success and he's staying there, but they have such ties to their state and where they're from that those Iowa guys stay because all these teams in Iowa, for the most part, maybe not football teams because there's 60 players on teams that stay in state or they're from like other like Minnesota or other places close. So not really seeing him and we know Jacobson will never as well, but McMahon and Casey Alexander. Yeah. Those guys are definitely going to have those options. It's all depending if they want to come here and know they can be good in the Valley. But if those other options are there, they take it. Like Porter Moser did. He knew it was time. Granted, a lot of these guys haven't been to a final four consistent sweet 16s like he was, but I think if the opportunities are there, if I was them, I would take it depending upon who it was. There, there might be some openings like Georgetown might fire Patrick Ewing and, There'll be openings this offseason, so that'll be interesting. Um, yeah, no guys will leave the Valley. I think McMahon would be the one to leave if he does how this season the rest of the way goes. But, yeah, they want to come here and have success and the best mid-major in the country. So I don't I don't think that would happen, but it's a fun topic because, like I said, if I was in their position, I might leave depending upon what was out there. So no others that. And then there's a guy I know we've been seeing lately out of a uh, the Ivy League. We know Loyola's grabbed a couple – and we were looking at one, we think. We, there's nothing official about it, but there's one at Harvard, Kale Catchings. Dive into him because there's we have some coaches that are maybe following him that he could be an option maybe. Yeah, he's going to be a grad transfer. Um, he's going to be – he averaged eight point, over eight points and uh, uh, four rebounds a game for Harvard. Um, I, think, I think a couple – I think I know Brian is following him. Um, so I think it'd be an interesting get at his size. That's I watched a couple of his highlights, but uh, at his size at six six, I mean, we talk about can we find a guy to replace Cash because we really don't have a guy like that on this roster. And at uh, six six, I mean, he's from O'Fallon, Missouri, uh, Liberty High School, so he's not too far away. Um, he's high academic, obviously. He's at Harvard, so um, that checks the box for Brian immediately. Um, so that, that'd be an interesting get. Yeah. And even outside of what he can bring, you know, with the GPA wise, obviously if you can play alongside of that, like how we know Chris Knight Schwieg or loyal to be going after those guys for a reason, along with being smart. Yeah. We watched him have one of these dunks, kale catchings and he's athletic, but he's thicker than cash. So that'd be a different, different kind of skill set. Probably not as good of a shooter. I think that'd be almost impossible seeing how good cash is shot, but those are the kinds of guys we're talking about. Grad transfers, you know, get these one, even one-year guys. We want to go to the JUCO route as well. It's, at the end of the season, we'll go through all these guys. But he is one that stuck out because Brian did fall him. Yeah, 6'6". Six, six. We'd like to have that size and strength and athleticism in here because even the Ivy League's got good talent. If he can come here, maybe he can do that as well. Um, and Noah, their SAU was in attendance somewhere as well today, but you were just at – Ren Lake to watch John A get their victory earlier. And we were wondering, texting me if FSIU was going to show up. A lot of other schools did. Name a couple of those schools that stick out, and then we'll get to where SIU was at today. Yeah, we do know uh, SIU has been in to see um, a player at John A. Um, there's no confirmed. Um, I, I know I've been told a name, um, but yeah, there's been there were several schools, even Marcus Belcher from Illinois State, which we both talked about. Um, it's interesting to see him sticking to his, like you said, sticking to his obligations, knowing um, he might not be on the staff next year, but he's continuing to do his job. Um, so maybe um, that right there, that 
maybe there's a chance somebody in line on the staff at Illinois State um, could get the job or something like that. But, yeah, teams that were there, um, SEMO, UT Martin, Bellarmine, Lindenwood, who's making the jump to D1, Oakland, Ryder, DePaul was the biggest school that I seen that was there, uh, Western, Eastern Illinois, and I said Marcus Belcher was there. Um, yeah, just thinking of seeing all those guys there. It's funny, the last time we were actually there, um, to watch them win the region title. Um, I pretty much sat in the exact same spot, but uh, Bruce Weber was there. He was recruiting a John A player. So just thinking back to that, seeing all those coaches there reminded me of that time. Yeah, Lowry was there as well. He, they sat really close to us. You're right. You just sat in the same spot. It's a it's fun place to be. Yeah, that was pre-pandemic before they won that, and they would have went one at all if it didn't cloud that and this team could have a chance as well it's interesting to see all these people in on these players because who were they playing as well there would have been nobody that would have been interested to them in that game right and their, uh, their opponent they were playing Kaskaskia I mean they had a some of those smaller schools I read off there they had a little guard on there so he was their best player I think he ended up with almost 30 points had half Kaskaskia's wow. points so um yeah but he would be the only one guy but uh yeah, but it's interesting. I was hoping maybe to see uh, uh, some one of the staff from our guys there, but um, we do know that our guys were in attendance in another JUCO region tournament, uh, Division Two JUCO, uh, to see DeMarco Minor of South Suburban um, Community College. Um, DeMarco is averaging – he's a guard, averaging 20.5 points, shooting 45% from the field, 31 31- – percent from three uh 83 percent from the free throw line he's also averaging six six assists five rebounds and he's second in the nation this year uh with 100 steals this season wow uh, what, what was the size on him you said um it does not say on this website but he's but you're right it's sticking at that level that we know we have and there can be some gems and i'm glad that they're in on him that means if i feel like if, if they wouldn't be at if and maybe, you know, obviously they would go sit down or they'd be standing up. Maybe if they were there, you didn't see them. But if they weren't there, at least they were somewhere else. And that means they have their sights set on somebody, which I'm glad we ended up finding that info. Uh, but, yeah, Marcus Belcher, whether he's, you know, yeah, he, they're going to hire a whole new staff, we like to think. So he is – kudos to him for being where he has been and sticking to it. Or he was just wanting to watch good. But we know he's got to plan, plan a game in three days. So – it, it's not it's not that long of a trip up the up 57 for those guys. So that is cool seeing all those OVC teams. And then DePaul, who knows? We know they stole someone out of the Valley recently, who which Javon Freeman Liberty, you know, you sent me last night with the fall on him this season and a 500 DePaul season. 39 points this past uh, weekend, eight rebounds with that. He is. And I remember saying that he's definitely going to get NBA looks. No, we're not surprised seeing that. Are we? Um, not, no, I mean, he. Uh... He's a incredible player. We saw what he did in the Valley, and uh, now he's doing it to Big East competition. Um, pretty amazing to see. Uh, I mean, 14 of 21 from the field, that's efficient. Five of eight from three, even six of nine from the line, left a couple at the line. But, um, yeah, NBA, N- NBA scouts are definitely going to be looking at him. Um, it's crazy to see. Glad he's out of the Valley because uh, – I'd say if he doesn't leave Valpo, that means Clay never leaves Valpo, and they're pretty pretty good right now. 
Yeah, heck, wouldn't be surprised if he would have left on Missouri State as well. That's that's funny, but uh, yeah, stud, he'll be on the map. So there's that, uh, and we know the dog pound's been tweeting nonstop about the free MVC bus trip with the free ticket and all that stuff you can get at the student center, limited seating and all that stuff. So some stuff they keep posting that we keep retweeting. There's odds for the tournament. We'll get to that here in a second. I do uh, have a Kate update if we have time. Okay, yeah, that. go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. Uh, they won uh they won their class 5a um playoff game last tuesday 57 29 um a big wow. win for them obviously kate only scored four points it was a blowout um but he apparently he was a um, problem def- defensively with using his seven foot frame blocking and changing shots all night long um we know a lot of their offense goes through the villanova commit so um, only four points, but um, his defensive side of the ball is what I'm most excited for, changing shots like that once he gets here. Yeah, I know, filling out and using that length, that could definitely be a problem, and his scoring will come along. You're right, when they have a guy going to Nova to carry them in that way, it's crazy how those blowouts happen in these games that get to this point. We know, I mean, heck, Deion Lavender, who went to SIU, we know for the one year he's my age, we played him in a sectional. Granted, that was sectional, and they were a smaller-ish school he did all he could, and we killed him before we played uh, in the sectional final. But you get those blowouts, and we know Marion locally just won their regional. So it's getting to that point if they can keep, keep, keep moving on because that state title is the goal. So that's good to see. Uh, and then, Noah, quickly, I just remember seeing a UIC. We know they're coming. They give out a belt, apparently, for their top game performer. They probably hold it to the next game and stuff if they get wins. That's pretty cool. And then we noticed recently, Noah, on their senior night, they had their degree on the back of their jersey. Um, That's a lot of fun stuff. It's a lot of different, interesting things that they can even bring to the Valley or something that's, you know, we know the facilities, we know everything great that they could be bringing, and even talent. We know they're in on guys as well. Uh, It'll be fun to have that kind of, you know, whatever that they bring, different bring to the Valley. That's that's kind of cool. Yeah, they have have a lot of different – alternate jerseys and stuff, really nice uniforms that they're going to bring. Um, but, yeah, that having their um, degree on the back, what they're going into, is pretty cool to see. Um, you don't see that very often. Um, sometimes it's uh, kids don't even have their mind made up, so it's interesting um, to see what they have on the back of their jerseys. That would be pretty cool and interesting to see what they're going to bring to the Valley. Um, I know they had a couple guys uh, named of the – all league teams in the horizon league today, but yeah, I can't wait for them to bring the Chicago market to keep it in, in the Valley and see what they bring. Yeah. We're excited for them. And it's unfortunate they won't be able to uh, play or compete or win in their conference tournament, but they actually reversed the decision. Oh, they did. I didn't. Yes. How long ago? I didn't like I don't last week. Seen that. Really? That's yes. good. Getting a lot of, a lot of flack, a lot of backfire <laughs> that they took. They had to do that. It definitely wasn't right. So I'm so glad they did that. Hopefully they have a chance to do that. You said they had a lot of all conference players, which is good. So we'll, we'll be keeping an eye out for that as well. Uh, we remember Murray killed Belmont the other day. I don't know if we talked about that in the last one or not. It's unfortunate. Just think about the other teams that are coming, but all right, now let's get around the Valley. We'll have our, our final award picks here at the very end, but go through the games that we didn't get to cover on the last. So the last two games per each team in the Valley. Yeah. Uh, we all wanted chaos to happen in the last week of the Valley. And that's exactly what we got, um, especially on Saturday. Uh, but looking back to last Wednesday, 
Obviously, we, we remember we blew out Illinois State. Uh, you and I, uh, they went on the road and get a six-point win over Indiana State. Uh, Drake went on the road, picked up a road win over Valpo. Uh, Bradley went to Missouri State. Thought Everybody thought we could get Bradley to knock him off. Um, Missouri State took care of business, 83-67. Then uh, without Todd Licklider, he has a uh, um, – forget what they mentioned this morning in the – in the video, but uh, he was unable to coach, did not attend that game. They got beat by uh, 51, 82, 31. That's just terrible. Um, I think it was a lot of effort, they said. I think Clark Leiter said this morning, a lot of effort. But uh, looking to Saturday, Indiana State goes on the road and they got in the face of the team. It's the battle to see who wanted to wear home jerseys this Thursday night. Uh, Illinois State won by 20, uh, led by Antonio Reeves. Um, ends up leading the Valley and scoring big, big performance by Antonio, 28 points. Yeah, and we recall the 18 he had on us. I think he was, and we'll get to our picks again. That he made himself a case. Some people he didn't even have him on the first two teams or anything, but he's he's carried that team through thick and thin a lot this season. So kudos to him along the way, and this was – it's surprising how bad they got beat by them. But, yeah, Antonio helping his cause. Howard Fleming played well as well. You're right. Whoever wanted to wear the white jerseys, that was for what they were playing for in that game. Um, then Missouri State um, goes on the road at Evansville. Um, expected – It was I, close for yeah, a while. Yeah, it was close. Evansville took the lead in the second half at one point. Uh, Prim led the way, 28 points. 88-79 win for the Bears to um, clinch the two seed on Saturday. Yeah, and, and Baker on Arch, or March to the Arch mentioned, and he's right, and it seemed like that'd be the case. As soon as Evansville gets killed this year, they're really good the next game. That's kind of how they've gotten a couple of their only wins. And granted, it was at home. We know they're a decent home team. Missouri State going in there. You're right. That This would have been the utmost of chaos, depending upon how our game would have finished out and what the standings could have even changed to be. It's good to see, though. Yeah, Prim, unstoppable. Mosley, 20. Uh, and then Evansville's been scoring. I mean, Sicily's cementing all freshmen, but then you got Givens, 20. Frederick King had a really good game. We were talking about him and kind of how underwhelming he's been this season. We'll get to that as well. But uh, he had a good game, and Bochamp putting up a case for himself as well. He had 18. So uh, it good, it's good for Evansville's sake. And, you know, jumping in, if they can upset Valpo, which I want to say it's an upset, I would think so at this point. Valpo's been getting killed lately, but that's good for Evansville's psyche, I would say. Yeah, I believe also um, Furter King and Givens both hit 1,000 in that game as well. So yeah. that was pretty cool to see multiple guys in another game. I want to uh, say Givens, did he hit that, I think, in barely – two or three years, I want to say, because I was looking at that. Let me go look real fast. I want to say he did it. No, he did it in the four years. I feel like he didn't play. His first two seasons, he only averaged like four points. He's turned it up the last two. I thought he – whatever, moving on. Yeah, then uh, before we get to the championship game, uh, battle for first place, the regular season title, uh, Bradley home win over uh, Valpo, 79-55. Um, cool moment here, Jay Sean in. Jason Henry, who's battling um, concussions uh, that basically has altered and stopped his career so far right now. Um, 
he got in this game. Um, Valpo was going to foul and let him shoot free throws, but they, I think Lodge said this morning that um, he had three fouls to give and he wasn't going to do that. So it's pretty cool to see uh, Jay Sean get a moment like that. Yeah, Lodic's a really good guy. He's a quality coach as well, agreeing to that. And that pretty much means he won't play, even though you, we, we mentioned before you, you don't rule it out. And even for Bradley's sake, with or without him, being that dark horse and the thing like they always are. This, I, it's, it's weird how bad – and Kithier was another late scratch in this one. Diavaro started and Aaron Gordon as well. But, you know, they're carried by their three guys. Taylor's been coming on, and Edwards didn't have – they only had five bench points. Just a bad game. I don't know. They knew they weren't playing for a whole lot, and they were on the road. I guess it was just, uh, you know – non-aggressive whatever of wanting to play in that one that was a kill and Bradley knew where they were as well so it was just uh by the, being the last game of the night I would say that they knew everything that was in front of them but no let's get to the arguably the best game of the Valley season and it was a fight for first place yeah um whoever came out on top obviously gets the one seed and the other one falls in the standings um overtime game 102-96 home win to clinch the regular season title for the UNI Panthers. Um, big games from A.J. Green and Noah Carter, uh, 32 from A.J., 24 from Noah, um, 20 points off the bench for um, Bowen Bourne, so big time. 29 from Lucas Williamson. Um, a disappointing outcome because now Loyola obviously falls to that four seed. Um I believe you were watching this game, but I'll get your opinion on this. Um, I know he had four fouls, but I have no idea why Drew Valentine let Lucas Williamson sit the first half of OT with four fouls on the bench. I mean, make zero sense, your best player. Let him play till he fouls out, and that's probably why he lost this game other than their free throws he complained about this morning um, on the media call. Yeah, the disparity of free throw shooting, I think, was a huge thing. And yeah, I was listening to, we were listening to March in the Arts as we do all the time. And they mentioned that as well. And it doesn't make sense. I was watching it. I was actually out to, out to dinner and I was streaming it because that's how big it was. And I knew it was close. It was tied at half. And obviously, tied going into overtime. That's strange. I mean, yeah, especially with only being five minutes, you almost don't do that. Like, it's one of those things I think that it can it can make you look stupid or really smart. If they would have played really well at the start and then he comes in and then they win, he looks like a genius. Drew does, but if he does it the way that it ended up being, you look like stupid of why you would do that. So it's one of those flip flop of what could happen and how you could be viewed. But yeah, you don't do that anyway. He, he's having a great game, career high twenty nine in general. And you and I can, I mean, they scored the most. They had the best offensive efficiency in the league this year ended up being that way and was throughout the whole thing. So you don't spot them ability to score on whoever, you know, who started overtime for him. That's, that's when I wasn't watching. I was still keeping up with it, but I didn't know who started over him and overtime. Um, I think it was Tate Hall. Um, okay. I do know Chris Knight went ahead and fouled out in overtime as well, but uh, I believe it was Tate Hall off the bench. Maybe Schwager was in there too. He had a yeah, I was going to say – yeah, and he had a great overall game. I was going to say yes, Tate Hall started, so I think Schwieger was in there. They were relying on five guys, six guys in this one. A crazy game. You know, We I thought – because I remember Lucas making a couple free throws and there was barely over a minute and a half left or something or even less than that, and A.J. going down, making a huge shot, a huge three, take the lead. 
so many things. It, it was the suspense was amazing and it was how it should be. A lot of people and even me and even Baker on Arch of the March said a lot of people have been counting you and I out. I did when they faced Missouri State. And then I think a lot of us outside of, you know, we wouldn't have been surprised if you and I won, went and won at home like they did. A lot of people were picking Loyola, rightfully so. Uh, but you and I, I think just proved a lot of people wrong this year. I mean, they was at 14 and four in conference. They were six and 10 going into conference play. They're kind of funneling this year and they proved a lot of people wrong. They scored efficiently and really did it with about four guys. If you think about it, I mean, they have AJ and uh, Noah and Bowen Bourne, and we know with Fife and Kimmins and Pickford not really scoring ever. Burhau has been inconsistent. They've really, and Heisey's been an impact, but they've done it with, it's crazy. And playing short, having one tall guy and five coming off the bench, it, it's kind of, their season's been crazy. And we know we could have beat them twice. And they're, they would have been the team out of all the other ones that we would have wanted to play. And they've just proved everybody wrong. Jacobson's done a heck of a job. And it was. It was almost like whoever wins it, won this game was not only going to get first place, their coach was arguably going to get coach of the year. I think that will I think that was cemented as well in this one. But crazy game. It's what we want. And if I'm you and I, I'm kind of like, yeah, we beat them. We They killed them the first matchup, though, as we recall. And the reason Loyola fell is because they got swept by a couple. But and we'll get to the, to the seedings that Loyola did fall. It was kind of one of those that could have happened, depending upon other stuff. Loyola could have been a four, and it was interesting. And then it ended up paying off. So – Great game. And if those two play again in the semis, which seems inevitable as well, even though Loyola gets Brown, that's going to be tough. But can't wait to watch that matchup again. So an amazing game, an amazing conference season, as everybody's been talking about. So uh, there's all that. Now, before we dive in and just review the bracket, let's quickly go over uh, our award picks uh, that we've been – remember in the middle of the season, it was like – probably five conference games ago we were debating it couldn't really decide because it was tough and I know we're only a day or two before they finally come out but we wanted to give our final ones and it could be also what we think and also what we want it to be and what we saw from our eyes this year no we'll we'll begin with the first team I'll let you start and we'll just kind of go we'll kind of just snake it the whole way and then we'll maybe even give like I said what we think and then what we honestly want or something like that we'll go with that yeah these are for me, um, probably b- for both of us, this is more of this is what we've seen in our eyes, not what the yeah. voters are going to go with because we know a couple. Um, once you got down to that third team, it's it's probably uh, name basis because a lot of these guys probably don't pay attention to the whole Valley season. But uh, first team for me, um, I went with Isaiah Mosley, A.J. Green, Lucas Williamson, Noah Carter, and Gage Prim. Um, for me, it came down to uh, Carter and Mass for that last spot on the first team. Yeah, for I fluctuated with it a lot because I even had Antonio in here. I had Terry before his injury in there, and then I ended up sticking. I think Noah cemented it this past game, and he's been great all season long. He wouldn't have – he would have been the utmost top of the second team. Uh, but I agree putting him in there. That is an incredible scoring defensive and quality team, those guys. Uh, I think because he was second in the league in scoring, it was really close between him and A.J. Uh, I probably think A.J. is going to get it top team scoring about 19 a game. He'll live up to what he was picked preseason. I'll, I'll stick with Mosley, though, uh, because of the stretches, and he's had bad stretches, but the fact that they ended up at the two, I think, helps them as well. He, he had 20. If he had what Prem had, 28, it would have cemented it. 
to an extent. Uh, I'll stick with Isaiah because I think his body of work shows that he's kind of been top-notch, and he's great on defense too, that he's overall player and a great scorer. Who did you pick? Uh, I went with A.J. Green. Um, honestly, um, going into this last week, unless Isaiah uh, went off, which he had a, he had a really good game against uh, on Wednesday, then on he had, I think, you know, about 20 on Saturday. But um, I think the voters will take away um, from who was going to win the Valley. And I think A.J. Green, um, that's who I went with. And it's crazy because we said we were texting. If, if Loyola would have won, it could have been Lucas, potentially, even though he's only been averaging 14. He had a career high. He's had spurts of great scoring, and we know he does overall. It would have been it would have been crazy. It definitely just came down to three guys, and Prem made a made a. I think Prem would take away from Mosley, not really to an extent. Like I said, final three guys there. So, yeah, it, it'll be one of those guys, I think. And then Noah's second team. I'll start uh, Terry for sure, and we'll get to what he'll win as well. Uh, Antonio, I dropped him to this point. Lead the league in scoring. I think it, it he should be rewarded in some sense. I think I think he should go this high. Sturts, phenomenal year. A lot of these guys could be on the first. I'd say Marcus. I have Marcus on here. He couldn't be on the first like all these other guys, but I think he's cemented with his scoring ability down the stretch and everything running through him. And then Mast, great last game, quality season, lead the Valley in rebounding. Uh, that's mine. Uh, I have the exact same five for that second team. Um, yeah, there could be some couple switches here and there. Um, won't be surprised if, if Tucker DeVries ended up on that second team somehow. Um, but yeah, seeing Marcus on there, always got to have Marcus um, down the stretch. He came up big. Um, for a while there, we thought it was either going to maybe come down to Lance or Marcus for that last spot on that third team. Um, but yeah, same five for the second team and on my third team. Uh, I got Lance Jones, Cooper Neese, Shamar Givens. Um, I found a way. I had to trim some gum. Uh, I know his team was awful this year, but um, what he did, what he does for them, I had to put him on there. Obviously, then I have Tucker DeVries and Ben Cricky. Um, it was tough for that third team. Um, there's a lot of guys that you have to trim off, but you could make a fourth and fifth team if we if we had to. For sure. And uh, yeah, whether this one, I'd, I'd say this one was my final one. I, I edited it a little bit and then I, I'm sticking with the, what I have it right now. Yeah, a lot of other people could. A lot of people being hot at the end of the season, like Cooper, they were, he was awful the other night. And even against us, he was he was decent, reached a thousand points. He cooled off those last two. He had a great stretch. So I agree he'd be in there. It's almost like it'd be him or I, I wouldn't put him in here, but KB on Taylor had a great stretch, almost just as good. Maybe not a little bit less scoring maybe than Cooper, but like those were the two hottest guys near the end of the season for sure. I had Lance Coop, Tucker, Kobe King had a quiet 14 or 15 point, you know, season this year. Uh, they've dealt with a lot of stuff in general, if not having a full team as other teams. But since they were, if they would have had their full team, they would have been higher than us more than likely. They wouldn't be playing on Thursday if they were healthy all season. But he was a big factor in that. He's gave a lot of people problems. I gave it to Kobe. And then I gave it to Cricky. Those two have held it down for them scoring wise and in general, two veterans on that team. I do I do like your givens pick because along with Antonio, those two have dealt with immense adversity this year. Givens losing his right hand man, having to do it all, getting honed in on, on defense big time, having to take just a terrible season that they've put up 
on his shoulders and he still, and he had a really good end of the game. Like he averaged what 13, 14, 15 points as well. I like that as well. You're right. We can make a third or fourth team, but uh, I went with those two Valpo guys as well. Tucker definitely deserved it. Um, so we'll see how the plays up for those three. It'll be interesting. And then, I mean, no, who's, who's somebody like Braden Norris could be on this. Roman Penn had a decent end. Some other guys we missed out. Who others? Like those are guys that you would have expected those stars. Any other stars that might miss the cut or even like guys that made late pushes, like I said? Yeah. Another one that could come down to teammate versus teammate. Like I was talking about, we thought with Lane to Marcus down the stretch is, uh, Cam Henry, he could be he could get the nod over Cooper somehow. Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't be surprised to see that, how big he's been down the stretch. Um, but other than that, yeah, there's not a lot. Like you said, you mentioned uh Roman Penn, so and Braden Norris. So wouldn't even even it's hard because the bigs in this league with Prim, Mass, and Cricky, um, from in my opinion, I'd almost rather see Chris Knight on there than Braden Norris at this point, how big he's been for them. Um, yeah, trying to fill that role of Crutwig with who we thought Jacob Hudson, who we'll mention later, thought would after what he did the second half of the season last year coming on. Um, but yeah, it's it's tough. You get obviously you, gotta, you always got to leave some guys off there, but it is what it is. Yeah, Loyola. Now we know that the season that they've had, they were you know, in the tournament all year, picked to win the Valley. Now they're falling to four. It's it's weird, though, the season that they've had. They've been so, you know, consistently spread out to where it would only be a Lucas winning. It got underwhelming a little bit in terms of what Norris could have bring, and Chris Knight's been great for them. They've had so many guys that it's weird how they would only have Lucas, and I think they'll end up sticking with Lucas. I could see Norris sticking on there somehow, but uh, that is strange. And then uh, – for what else, but moving on, Noah, the newcomer, this was rel- this was fun to do. We know who the newcomer of the year is going to be, but filling out this one, we could make an all-newcomer second and third team as well, and one that we know very well could have made a push for this. I will go with Terry, which he is my newcomer of the year. Cam Henry, great, going up from D2, quality play. He's really talented. Tucker, hands down. Kobe King, I think, uh, yeah, his experience has paid off. Like I said, his scoring's been great for them in that uh, up and down team. And then Chris Knight for sure. His impact is going above anything. He's had to come in here and guard the likes of Prim and all around, and he's dominated. He dominated us, as we remember. So uh, that's what I got. Yeah, miners. That transition. Mine for newcomer for um, mine are the exact same. Um, it was tough. Um, there's a lot of other guys um, you could add in there for that newcomer team. Obviously, Cash made his late, late push. Um, you could Malivi Leon's came on strong for he was for he was the sixth man of this team. I think him or Cash flip flop six man. Uh, yeah, group. there's a lot of a lot of newcomers that you could add on to this team. But yeah, it's a solid. Um, you're with with Terry. If if Terry doesn't. If he ain't a newcomer to this league, I probably would say my pick would be Tucker for the newcomer of the year. He would sweep a freshman and newcomer like Marcus said a couple years ago. Great point. And we've talked about how kind of similar they're. I mean, Tucker is almost – he's about at 450 points in his first year. I mean, he's going to be almost 2,000 points score potentially. But great. I think, yeah, it would come down to Terry or Tucker. And I think Terry has made a huge impact for the team. Obviously, Tucker leading them in scoring has as well. That'll be a good one. I'm glad you mentioned that because that could very well come down to a flip of the coin with those two. But that'll be fun. And then all defensive, Noah, 
uh, I think there's there's probably one we disagree on, and and I don't even say disagree because you mentioned yours the other day, and I was like, yeah, that definitely makes sense. And the eye test with this other one that I have, I'll go Terry for sure. I think he was third in steals, uh, which is funny because Sturts ended up second in steals behind Lance, and I don't have Sturts on here. I have Terry, Lance, Lucas, Donovan Clay because I've seen the impact that he's made for that Missouri State team defensively, and like you know, making them a complete team almost and what he's done even against our players. He would have been my pick a lot this season, but his stats aren't there in that regard. Just field goal percentage against, I would love to know that, like I've said. But him and then Prim, uh, yours is eerily similar outside of that one guy, and I'd almost have to agree with that one guy for you. Yeah, I have Tremel Murphy from Drake. Um, seeing him the other night against uh, Marcus Damask. Um, yeah, there's a lot of guys, like you said, Sturt second in the league. Um, and steals, then the guys like in blocks like uh, Leon's from Bradley, uh, Ugok. Um, there's so many. Chris Knight probably had a lot of blocks yeah, too. Yeah, he, he, he was um, crazy. Uh, you could, like you said, for all these, you can almost make a second team as well. But yeah, those I went with, like you said, I'm Tremel Murphy is my um, only difference between yours. So Jones, Roberts, Williams, and Murphy and Prim for me. And, uh, I think it, it, it's going to be – we can both say it's going to be Lucas Williamson, but I, my pick yeah. was Lance Jones. Same here. I think the impact he's made, he's been so inconsistent as a player this year. I don't think any of – outside of anything else would hurt him in any regard. When you – he should average over two assists. There was one game, I forgot which one it was, where he had zero that could have put him over that mark. But, I mean, I remember watching these games, and if the other people are watching our games too – how huge a block that he had. I think it was in Saturday night. It might have been Illinois State. He had – someone was going up for an easy layup or something, or just some kind of play, easy points, and he just batted it out of their hands and took it on a fast break. Like, his impact in that regard is incredible. And I think, yeah, we know Lucas Guard's the best player on each team, whether that's been hit or miss. We know he tried to guard Isaiah when they came to Chicago, and he torched them. Hit or miss, I think his name and what he brings, I think he'll definitely end up winning it as well. But I will definitely pick Lance. He's earned it, I think. I think he almost wanted to go after it this year with the amount of times he's been able to pick pockets. Uh, and, yeah, Murphy struggled a little bit against Marcus. He's got the blocks to show for. I think I looked. He had like 39 blocks uh, or something, maybe not that many. But and Pram's been a you know constant defensive force as well. He almost feel like he's forgotten about it. He's almost – He's almost like a surefire pick for this, but it's almost like you just can't even remember some things that he's done. But I think he'll make it as well. Those are good. And like I said, Clay's impact's been incredible. Uh, so now I know all freshman team, arguably the toughest one to make, even though some guys have started, some guys have made impact, especially recently, which one of these is on here. I will go with Preston Rudinger. I don't know. I didn't look at the box score if he's been playing. We know he had the boot on his foot. Uh, that he's been dealing with injury and he hasn't scored a whole lot, but he started in place of Trevor Anderson. He's made that kind of impact. I think that's where he was. He would deserve it. Hickman big impact for Bradley this season. We've seen it firsthand too. He came off the bench. Uh, Haney he's been quiet this year, but he's made enough. I think he's a good enough score to make this list. Tucker unanimous. And then Sisley, no, we know he's made an impact. Evansville fans have been wanting him to make an impact earlier. He was really good down the stretch. Uh, what about yours? Yeah, it, this was a tough one. Obviously, we haven't seen um, – we don't know exactly who who they're going to be el – who's eligible, really, because there's a couple guys um, 
that could make this team that that played last year. I don't know how exactly how they're going to do that. Um, but obviously, um, there's a couple you leave off. Obviously, Troy, he's been big down the, down the stretch for us. Um, he could – he um, he's left off this team. Um, Preston Phillips, who started most of the year for Evansville until Sisley came on down the stretch here, um, he's left off this team. Then there's other guys that I'm not sure of um, that could make this team. Uh, Micah Thomas from Indiana State, not sure how they qualify him. Um, Will Barr from Indiana State as well, not sure how they qualify him as well. But I just I went with the same as you, Riesinger, Hickman, Haney, DeVries, and Sisley. Um, but I would put Micah Thomas on there if they qualify him as an actual freshman for this team. Yeah, I had him on there for a while over – Preston until we talked about that and it's like yeah they could probably hurt him so we'll see how that turns out I really wish Troy would have done more over time and got the opportunities or obviously made the more consistent impact like he did the other day on so he, he would have easily been this because he's played enough to warrant over even some of these other ones uh to an extent I think Troy should have you know hopefully I wish he would have ended up making this way on here but he he'd be the sixth man for this team arguably so there's that. Like I said, that was tough all season to make. And then, no, this one, this one's also interesting. And, we'll, you know, there's a lot of picks for the even sixth man of the year on this one. Uh, all bench team. Uh, I think I had Bowen Bourne leading the way. He had dropped 20. He's been coming off the bench this season. I'd say he's had a couple of games probably not scoring, but he's had big numbers. We know he can score really well. I think he's earned that without a doubt. A guy that I don't think anyone else, this next guy, I don't think anyone has really talked about him. Maybe like March of the Arch might have done theirs and had him on here. I'm not sure, Noah. Jalen Minette, he, everybody knows him, but I don't know if he's been mentioned in this. He started one Valley game, came off the bench for all. He's been a scoring and shooting machine. Like, as I was trying to think of some more, and I was like, I'm going through these teams, and I'm like, holy crap. Like, Minette is just as peak as anyone else on this group of having this on here, Noah. He's one of the best shooters in the Valley. I think that's much deserving. Uh, Sheldon Edwards of Valpo for me, Bledson for Indiana State, a big 10 point a game impact. We know he killed us in the first game against him. And then Tank, which he's controversial, not in making the team. We know he's he's missed a lot of games, we played a lot of games as well. Uh, that's my five. What's yours look like? Yeah, uh, my sixth man of the year is Tank Hempho. Um, yeah, we don't not sure obviously how he qualifies. Um, but my team is Bowen Bourne, um, Ville Tavaninen, Sheldon Edwards, Xavier Bletson, um, who was my sixth man of the year for a long, um, long period of time. Then Tank finished off off that all bench team. Yeah, I picked Sheldon. I think, you know, even there, and it does matter. I think the impact for a winning team and Valpo struggled. Uh, I think I. I liked all those other options as well. I stuck with Sheldon. Even he only had five points the other night. Like I said, a meaningless game for them kind of. But I think he's had that scoring and defensive impact. I don't think he really did it against us so much this year. I think he's earned that as well. You could go with a lot of those options for sure. Uh, and then uh, you had a couple others. I think we'll talk about it because I only had up to coach on here. You had a couple others I'll let you mention. I'll probably agree with you on a lot of those. Coach of the year, this would have to be Jacobson with finishing the one, and they were picked, what, third, I think, in general. But the season that they've had, and they're convincing and finishing this season with wins is huge. Uh, I think Valentine would have to come up second, first year, 
making it to that game of flipping a coin for who would have got first. Even guys like Wardle, Dana Ford getting second seed now, having a good semi-consistent season in DeVries. Also had a couple of rough stretches. A lot of options here, but I'd say Jacobson ran away with it. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. It came down to the who was getting that first seed for Coach of the Year. Um, ben Jacobson is the winner. Even like Brian Wardle. Like if Bradley would have kept on that streak, they had a streak before they played us, and they've just been whatever. I think he could have made a big push. We know if you get first, you're going to have a really good chance. But if a team that you know exceeds expectations, they would have a chance as well. But, yeah, Jacobson for that. Dive into those other ones you have that we've mentioned recently. Yeah, then I made a uh, most improved uh, team and player of the year. Uh, most improved is Antonio Reeves. Um, the jump he's made in scoring, uh, that's easy to give him. Then my team of most improved is uh, Luke Patterson, Antonio Reeves, Lucas Williamson, and, all, and the work he's done. Then Garrett Sturts and Rink Mast. Um, all those guys made an incredible jump um, in their play, so uh, it's easy to put them on there. Yeah, Antonio, for sure. We question how the impact that he was going to make testing the waters. It's like, oh, why is he doing that? Coming back and leading and doing what he did. I agree with that. I wonder how much people would have had even like Noah Carter. Like we know he made an impact his freshman year and then getting first team this year and scoring a lot, being the center for that team. Honestly, he probably would have been my pick. I think I was thinking about that recently, but all these guys for sure. Lukai, he's, he's led the charge on that team, being the point guard, being tough scoring when he had to, playing defense. I like all that. Sturts for sure. Lucas, yeah. I'd say Lucas overall, knowing that he was going to be the guy, kind of evolved this game a little bit. And Mast will get will be an amazing – by the time he's a senior, he could win it every year. That's how much he's going to improve year by year. I like that team. I would have went with probably Noah Carter. Most underwhelming player. Noah, I think we, we would agree on this one. Uh, go ahead and lay it on, everybody. I think it's because he – Coming, we mentioned the bigs coming into this season that he could have had a bigger impact later on. Yeah, we definitely what we saw out of him um, down the stretch there in the in the second half of the year, um, especially against us. I mean, maybe it was just against us that he looked so good. But um, I remember in the tournament he had some big moments. But Jacob Hudson, um, obviously, what Chris Knight's done hasn't helped him, but um, we thought he would fill that role big time. Um, but other than that, the most underwhelming team, it was kind of hard to make. But I went with Io and Kinwale. Um, he's been uh, – I thought he would have a bigger impact. Um, I know I think preseason I took him as uh, sixth man of the year. I thought he would come in uh, not expecting him to do what Joseph Yusefu did for them last year, but have a bigger impact off the bench. And I went with Noah Frederick-King, um, but he had a big game the other night to reach 1,000 on senior night. Then I went with Steve, two of our guys, Steven Verplankton, who's having the same season he did stats-wise uh, for us, but we expect him to make a jump. Kyler Filowich, um, I think one of my bold predictions was he could average a double-double, which that's completely off. Then obviously Jacob Hudson fills up, fi finishes off that team. Yeah, Kyler, I remember saying that it, he could have took the next step to even make tops like third team all valley if he would have scored enough and been an impact like we wanted him to be for sure his minutes have been spotty as we know but when he's gone in there he's he's had a couple games of eight to ten points but then nothing else i don't think he barely reached 10 points this year uh might have been like pre-conference we know this was the case i wish we would have 
And obviously we probably would know what we picked in preseason compared to what these final picks are. Cause heck, I don't even know mine at the top of my head. I'm sure it's way different. hundred percent. I think I do have ours. Yeah. Whether we want to take time to roll through it, you can, if you want, if you have them on you. Uh, but I would think Steven for sure. We were expecting that jump Hudson, 100%. He ended up being, and I, I don't think he would have been on here. I don't know if his expectations would have been whatever, but Jason can, I've talked about him a long time. I don't know what he did in the last game, but he was underwhelming for Bradley. If he was good enough, I think he averaged seven. That had to have dropped though. He's had games were not even scoring. There was a game he didn't play because of injury, but he could have been on here. If he was good, they would have been top four arguably because they were almost to that project or trajectory anyway. Io for sure. I can, well, he should have scored more, done a little more in his final year. I'd agree with that too. You can go with a lot of the other guys, definitely two of our guys. And that's unfortunate that we do, but I would agree with that. Probably. Um, so if you, like I said, if you, if you have the picks or if you on you, like the first, second and third team, or at least maybe the top two, what do we have? If you have that on you? Yeah. Uh, first team, um, I went with, uh, AJ green, Roman Penn, Tyreek key, obviously got hurt and Penn's had his issues, uh, consistency wise and Lucas Williamson and Gage Prim, uh, you had AJ Penn, Mosley, Williamson and Prim. Um, so not too far off. Well, obviously the Tyreek key injury is huge for mine. Uh, second team, mine was Mosley, Givens, Marcus tank and Cricky. Yours was Bowen born Tyreek key. Uh, Marcus Tank and Cricky, then third team. Mine was Lance, Jay Sean Hendry, Antonio Reeves, Rink Mast, and Austin Five. Um, then yours was Lance, Braden Norris, Givens, Henry, and Five. I guess I must have just totally forgot about Austin Reeves or something, which is unfortunate. I had a feeling he should have known he would have had a big year. A lot of those, it's crazy how those, and I, I know you had him on your second team. And Mosley would have had it. We know he never took this kind of jump. We knew he was great, his career to this point. Seeing that he could have done what he did, he only averaged 20, but he had those spurts of 30 and 40s. It would have been – it's insane. I definitely think we both regret a lot of those. And some we of both, our bold predictions, yeah. We both had Pram as player of the year, so. Um, Rightfully so. He would have made himself a case. Um. Like, I remember I did have Bone on the second team because, I mean, he showed spurts of scoring. It's whether – I guess they wouldn't have started them together. Over time, you had Bowen come off the bench. We know AJ would have took away from Bourne, so I don't know what I was thinking. But uh, what are the bold predictions? Like I said, I think one I, re- I re- uh, mentioned recently about Lucas winning defensive and player of the year, that would have been up for grabs if Loyola won. That would have been interesting. That would have been the utmost bold that would have got it. But, yeah, big old changes, and we know this, like I said, best mid-major – in the country, seeing all these, especially whenever, because I'm sure it's tough for these people to actually make the decision on these teams of who to make. You, you know the team, you know the players. It's just picking which ones for which team. It's tough. And that's what makes this conference great. So, um, I wonder how consistent we will be with that once we do find out. And obviously, when they do come out on the next pod, we'll mention them uh, 100%. See how close we were and everything. And like I said, we won't preview the Bulldogs until the next one as well. No. So let's end here with. Just mentioning the bracket and what the preseason was going in potentially and how some of these matchups could fold out. Just a quick look at it before we maybe get into picks and other matchups on the next one. But what sticks out to you and what happened? And and we'll compare the uh, preseason. Yeah, definitely um, looking at it overall. 
Um, thinking back to preseason, um, the voters almost, I mean, obviously everybody knew who the top four was. Um, they got the bottom four right. Um, but uh, they flip-flopped us and Bradley. But yeah, that's the voters, voters in preseason uh, were pretty much spot on, but it wasn't hard. Um, we knew who the bottom four was, really. Um, both of us were higher on Bradley than anybody. Same with Missouri State, and we were right on that, having them um, at the two. Um, I think uh, preseason I picked Drake to win, win the league. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's interesting, but looking at this bra- bracket, uh, Thursday night, 8-9 matchup. It's a rematch. Uh, Illinois State, Indiana State at 6 p.m. Winner gets UNI at noon on Friday. Um, not sure. Obviously, we, we'll get into the picks next time. Uh, not sure who I'd like to see win that one. Then uh, Thursday, at 8-30 on Thursday, seven-seeded Valpo takes on Evansville. Winner gets the two-seed Missouri State at 6 p.m., starting that second session on Friday. Um, Then, obviously, the big one at 2.30, Loyola, the four-seed versus five-seed at Bradley. Um, That's going to be a fun one. Um, That's a battle of the worst fan bases right there. I mean, yeah, it's going to be a fun one, obviously, um, to see what happens there, to see – Or most annoying, I should say, not worse. They're both good. Yeah, but – see what happens there obviously drew was asked this morning um if he thinks this is going to be a road game for him he says he felt like uh, since they got in the valley it's been almost like that or something but uh that's an interesting one we'll see what happens if the all the other fans cheer on uh bradley to bounce loyola i think it's just more fuel to the fire for loyola to fall to four and now they get this route but uh then obviously to close out friday 8 30 it's going to be a late one. Three-seated Drake takes on our Southern Illinois Salukis. That's how much I think we wanted the matinee. I mean, that's kind of what we want. We watch everything else play out, and then we get to watch our game. We've had 830 games before, and it's it'll bring so much anxiety and nervousness, I think, over time. Uh, as that day goes on leading up to ours, like I said, depending upon seeing everything else unfold. Uh yeah, I think the crowd will be against Loyola. I think – I mean, I'm not going to say as they should because they're leaving. They're a better opportunity. I'm never going to tell someone they can't leave or agree or disagree. But I'll agree with it, actually. But I think we know the scarves that they have. It's always fun with their fans before, and it'll be the last time they're there. I think they'll go show out knowing that their team very well could win it. That's the best game. Outside of us and Drake, you know, Missouri State and you and I will get favorable matchups, but Loyola and Bradley will be absolutely incredible. We will be there for the Thursday games and then obviously into Friday to noon up until we got our tickets recently. And we're looking forward to all these games all weekend. Noah, we'll end, I guess, with what, what you just saw and told me before the fact about the seating arrangements seem kind of wacky, don't they? Um, yeah, I was uh, – it's just – it blows my mind um, that they've done it this way. Um, they're putting us right, right behind Drake people. I mean, obviously, obviously we know by Friday night at eight 30, we can probably sit wherever we want. I mean, it just, it blows my mind that according to seats, um, 
according to seeds and stuff like that. But Valpo and Illinois State getting the two sections. I can't tell you the past three Arch Madnesses, I've seen more than 10 Valpo fans. I mean, they're not going to bring a crowd. Evansville is sure not going to bring a crowd. I mean, it's just – I mean, obviously, like I said, by 8.30, you'll be able to sit wherever you want. And obviously on Thursday when we get there, we can sit wherever we want. Um, I remember some might have been on Insider or something that – or on one of the Facebook uh, groups that uh, – some SIU fan thought uh, for like local charities and or groups that they should give away tickets for Thursday night for kids that you can actually pack the stands, but obviously we'll be able to sit wherever we want, but yeah, putting us right behind. I mean, obviously if they do it by seeds or whatever, I don't know what they're doing, but it's kind of stupid. Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of at a loss for words about how they've designed it. You're right. It's like they want, I understand they want sections in certain parts and not right behind other sections and vice versa. I can understand. Yeah. Like having the bottom ones be the top seeds Friday, it's going to be chaos. It's, it will be a ghost town on Thursday that we will be able to sit. And that, that's the good thing. Uh, and then we know like if they flush people out for different sessions, we, we're not sure how that will end up going, but uh, that is a good idea with those people. But, or getting the kids in there and everything to fill out that. But yeah, Friday will be chaos with this. You let me look at this again. What, I mean, so Drake, Drake's gave, on the other side with us. They, they have gave, way bigger section. I just don't than, understand why three of the bottom four teams get the three biggest sections. It makes zero sense around it. I mean, if yeah, anything, like why is Loyola get such a small one, if even anything, the same size as Evans? Before they made this, they could have got feedback from each school and see what kind of crowd they were getting interest of wanting to go because, you know, we see what the dog pound is doing. We need to mention that, that the dog pound is, will be in full yeah, force. Student sections will be good. Yeah. Then, you know, at eight 30, that's a perfect time for SIU fans who can get off work at a good time, then head up and go watch their team play on Friday night at eight 30. I mean, I just, I really don't even, I think, the two biggest fan sections or the biggest three have the worst spots. You and I, SIU and Loyola, they're going to be the three biggest. Cause you know, Illinois state, they don't have a coach. They were fed up with their coach. They got rid of them. They're not going to bring one Valpo. Like I said, I haven't seen more than 10 Valpo fans in the last three years. Then Bradley, Bradley Mike probably will bring a decent one, but right back yeah, then Evansville is behind them. I mean, they should have put, where we are at, we can we can either put this out so people can see what we're talking about or something. But the where we're at, where you and I at, and Loyola, they should put the bottom four teams. I mean, it's just I'm I'm ticked about it. And I'm I'd like to tell somebody. I don't know if I need to call the Enterprise Center box office tomorrow or something. It's it's uh it's got me fired up. Well, I think we might need to take it with a grain of salt. I mean, whether we see it, because I don't think there'll be designed and specific tickets, but people will be able to go and sit wherever to an extent, even Friday. Uh, you know, because I have someone texting me about what to go and what tickets to get. I'll send them this to get idea next to us, but everyone will be able to sit wherever. Yeah, Bre having and granted they need to be across from each other we've seen that the game two years ago when we were facing bradley it was back and forth huge crowds against one another they need to be across from each other not right us behind a huge 
version of theirs and all this stuff. It's insane. Why is Loyola and you and I have the lowest and they're behind, yeah, Missouri State and then Indiana State. I mean, you're right. Valpo is probably – Valpo and Evansville might be the only ones to not bring that much fans those Thursday nights won't as well. But it is unfortunate. We're harping on it because it does. It, it makes no sense. That's why we spent five minutes now on it. And we'll discuss it again in a couple of days. But uh, I definitely do think, like I said, grain of salt might be able to sit wherever and things might play out as time goes on. During, but, I can say during non-SIU games – I will be sitting in the Valpo section because there's going to be nobody there. That's true, yeah. And then we mentioned the student sections behind and where the bands are as well. Those will be packed. Those will make it great as well. It is what it is. So I think we'll play that out. Is it unfortunate? We'll see how that all irons out of people being able to sit everywhere. The odds are out, though, real fast. But now nah, we retweeted them. We'll save them for the next one. So this was good. Getting our picks Put in. Put your money now. We- yeah, put on the you'll win a really you'll win really good money if you bet us to win it. And obviously, if there's a will, there's a way, and there's a chance. If you're in it, you got a chance, and that's obviously what we want. We think we're good enough to be able to pull it off. And once things happen in this tournament, anything can happen. Thursday team can knock off anybody. So we'll dive into all that next time. It was good to even recap the loss that was that was similar to the first meeting. We'll get them again. Can't wait to discuss the Bulldogs again and what maybe we could do right fully right that we didn't do the other two games to be able to finish finish it out so this was fun looking forward to the coming days of spending time in st louis uh, and if we win we might have one while there we'll bring our equipment and we'll bring one and we'll have one on location so looking forward to it all so for nick malone no alerts see you guys in the coming days go dogs